Welcome to Peace, Love, and Soup, bringing you a significant soup each month along with culture, cooking, and conversation. Audio nourishment for both the heart and mind. With Brian Delaney and Tafe Fase Drake. To get the full value of joy, you must have someone to divide it with. Mark Twain. Here we go a-wassling along the leaves so green. Here we come a-wassling so fair to be seen. Love and joy come to you, and to you our wassail too. And God bless you and send you a happy new year. Peace, love, and soup, and a happy new year. Oh, it brings me such joy to watch you sing. I... I it never gets old. You are a flatterer. Nah. <laughs> Did you call me fat? No. <laughs> and your kitchen smells delicious. What have you been up to? Is that our soup? Well, in fact, Brian, it is. In my family, we would often have this Yuletide mold concoction called wassail on New Year's Eve. And my grandparents, they'd either serve it in a large pot on the stove, or as I got older, they'd put it in a crock pot so that it was ever ready to warm us from the inside out. So what does a wassail entail? A wassail. Well, (laughs) it is kind of like a mulled cider. Mm -hmm. And we'd take an orange and we'd poke cloves into it. And then we'd float it in a combination of cranberry juice and apple cider and spices. Oh. Did you wassail as a kid? I don't recall wassailing as a child. I do remember making ornaments out of oranges and you stick cloves in them and hanging them in the window. They smelled delicious. It smelled like Christmas. Sounds like a great do-it-yourself holiday gift for the season. With that in mind, one of the things we always do is make the soup that we're doing that month our own. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just using cranberry juice, I decided I would also put in a plethora of other juices. So for you, Brian Delaney, I even put in tart cherry and purple carrot juice. You do know me so well. (laughs) And then to make it a little bit more winter mythology like, I also included pomegranate juice. What are your thoughts on pushing the boundaries of soup? I feel like a reporter. (laughs) Because in the past, yes, we've had Robin who claims that wine is a soup and I do not disagree with her on that. And then Molly Dice even was talking about foraging and Mm -hmm. putting herbs and other wild edibles into hot water and that would be a soup instead of a tea and we agreed with that. Correct and chili is now a soup. And obviously bisque Mm -hmm. and stew are soups. So. Yeah. Well, on top of that, history backs us up on this because, historically speaking, people folded whipped eggs into it and Mm. then they floated toast on top, making it a healthy Yuletide meal. In fact, wassail in Old Norse means be healthy. Plus, it's drunk from a wassailing bowl. So in my book, it's a soup. Say no more. I'm on board. (laughs) And again, It smells delish. I'm glad you think so. I think it might be ready. So let's ladle some up and reflect back on our amazing year of peace, love, and soup. What a gift it's been to go on this journey with you, Tabe Bache Drake. I feel completely the same. Please don't cry. Joseph Patrick Delaney. (laughs) I peace, love, and soup you. (gasps) Peace, love, and soup you. That's going to be this month's t shirt, in fact. But I'm jumping ahead. And speaking of gifts, this episode is our gift to you, our listeners. We'll be replaying some inspirational moments, sharing outtakes edited for time. And there was a lot of singing and laughing and even some crying as i'm prone to do well that's true and bloopers too and we've also prepared a special holidays around the world segment of did you know it's going to be a lot of fun a big bowl of wassail served with chestnuts it's a perfect soup for the holiday season 
Hmm, I'm feeling a song coming on. Wait a minute, I think I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. I'm going to add your dad to this. Jackie boy <laughs> nipping at your nose. <laughs> Good old Jackie boy. What a So I build another castle, and it's made out of the song. And like some Sufi singing dervish, I encant it all night long. I sing beneath your window, walls are only made of stone. And I'm your nightingale of poetry, enchanted heart and bone. And the paper crow unfolded, she read her troubadour's black scroll. Says I'll drink the honey from your skin, sweet dynamite the walls. I I I I pow! I The festive music you just heard is by my multi-talented friend, author, and musician, Eric Stern. We will be featuring a variety of his original stories and compositions throughout this episode. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Really dig your music, and I'm sure our listeners will, too. <laughs> so here we are, all cuddled up on this cold winter's day with a big bowl of wassail in hand, and it's time to stroll down Peace, Love, and Soup memory lane. Let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Oh, the sound of music. And people, not to worry if you're not a fan of musical theater, because we promise this episode isn't going to be a musical one. Well, not entirely. That's not a bad idea. But let's just replay how this little podcast all began, shall we? Yes. It was our first recording session. We didn't know what the hell we were doing and where it was all going. But we created a great show template. Mm -hmm. And then we've refined and we've condensed some things. But we're still pretty much doing what mm -hmm. we said in that very first session. And it came together pretty easily. Yes. Let's go back in time to our first recording from last January. Roll the tape. Do young people today even know what that means? I'll ask my daughters, but probably not. <laughs> Welcome to, to Peace, Love, Love and Soup. Soup. We're going to be bringing you soup podcasts, one per month. We intend to feature special soups for special occasions throughout the year. There may be some on-location recording as well. A guest visitor. And in addition to that, music. So sit back, relax. And get hungry. Oh, I guess here we go. Oh my God, we're on. Hello, we're Brian live. Delaney. <laughs> Top of your last name, Fache? Fache. And then actually Drake is my oh. official last name. Um, Fache was mine, but now I have my husband's. And I'm actually Brian Joseph Patrick Delaney, just Gi so you know. Wait, Joseph Patrick? <laughs> is you have two middle names or is it Joseph hyphen Patrick? Well, being raised a good East Coast Catholic boy, yes. um, you always get the confirmation name. So... Brian Joseph Patrick Delaney from Boston. But I don't have the accent. My parents do. Some people will say I sound Canadian, actually. And also because you're so nice, they just assume <laughs> you're Canadian. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I'll go with nice for 1,000, please. It's true. So I recall we were at the coffee station here at Kebu. Right. Weren't you saying you aren't a big cook, but then you Correct. were making soup that weekend? Correct. And I said, I love soup. And you said, I love soup. <laughs> and we were like, wow, anybody who thinks they can't cook could certainly cook soup. So that's when we said, hey, let's do a podcast about soup, probably jokingly. And then it was official. 
You're listening to Peace, Love, and Soup. I just want to wish you guys the best of luck with your new podcast. You guys sound like you make a great team. Thanks so much. Part of this podcast, though, is just a way to have more community with people from different parts of the U.S., different parts of the world, together around the table or vicariously over the Internet or the radio. We were so young and naive and verbose. Oh, well, we still are. <laughs> but we decided we needed to create a tagline or a branding line. And since people kept asking us what the show was about, we came up with this. Welcome, Welcome to, to Peace, Peace, Love, Love and, and Soup. Soup. Bringing you a significant soup each month, along with culture, cooking, and conversation. But it still needed some extra dollop of something. And so we added this. Audio nourishment for both the heart and the mind. People are impressed. Yeah, and they're amazed at how we could both just rattle it off like a movie pitch. Who are you? Oh, my name is Brian from Peace Lemon Soup, bringing you a significant soup each month along with culture, cooking, and conversation. Audio nourishment for both the heart and the mind. I know it took us a few episodes to stop talking over each other so much. Well, then there were all the like ums and yeah ums. Am I laughing at everything? And my crying at everything. <laughs> but you know, I feel like that really shows us as yeah, people. People would tell me how it sounded like a real program with sound effects, music, and even photos too. It gives me such joy to sit in a room and talk with you, Tave, believe me. Especially <laughs> this time of year. It's like really what it's all about. Friendship, togetherness. And I also wanted to add how when we would be producing each new show, guided by our intuition, we'd have these synchronicitous moments, moments <laughs> to reassure us that we really were on the right track. Good job, us. Did you just say the force was with us? I think Star Wars comes out today too, doesn't it? I don't know, but it then what does. do they say? Like all aboard or like beam me up? No, that's Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and all aboard's like the love boat. <laughs> the well, love here we are the next Oh, wait, I'm doing the dynasty themes. All right, on to synchronicity. Okay. I think a large part of cooking is intuitive. So if your soup guides are saying it needs a little bit more, we're going with a little bit more people. Mm. I would have never thought to do a six bean chili. What a wonderful idea. It just sort of came to us when we were in the grocery store. We were inspired on the spot. And it happens a lot, actually. And Brian said, well, gosh, we could just get like one can of each, a number of different kinds. So it was your creativity. Very nice. I don't know if you're aware of this, but February 4th was homemade soup day. Not just any soup day, National Homemade Soup Day. Or it's called Peace, Love, and Soup Day now in my brain. <laughs> We're going to take it over. And then today is World Radio Day, too. We just found this out, yeah, like a minute ago. Totally. Any thoughts on that? Um, <laughs> I actually do. Coconut do. milk. Really. What about... Yes. I, I see the light bulb above your head. Look at it go both off. The, both of us, you our eyes are shining. <laughs> <laughs> Again with the synchronicity. We talked about this like an hour ago. Let's put some coconut milk in our fresh minty pea soup. Yes. Okay, so tune in next month when we are going to talk about... Some sort of Irish or St. Patrick's Day and there's the, our alert. Oh, wow. Some sort of magical soup for March. <laughs> oh, a magically delicious soup. Yes. I was thinking, what about jicama? Oh, oh I have a hickama story for you. Oh, you know <laughs> that's going to be good when someone says that. You were recently on a trip to Cuba. Oh my gosh, I was. Yeah, funnily enough, 
we stayed with a family in the countryside and they had an Airbnb named Watermelon Wonderlust. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. And then I got the email from Toppy when I got back and we're doing watermelon soup. Oh, and did I tell you today is National Watermelon Day. Did you hear about this? (laughs) Yes. This was not planned at all, people. We got a text from one of our listeners saying, did you know today is National Watermelon Day? It's wonderful that it all matched up with our watermelon soup for the solar eclipse. Incredible. I love synchronicity. It was almost like when you showed up to surprise me and you had a pomegranate and a quince for our wassail and you didn't even know that I planned to use a variety of fruits and nuts in our concoction. And with that, let's go give our wassail soup a good stir. Remember how our first and only sound effect was you ladling while saying, I'm ladling the soup. (laughs) Just listen how far we've come. I'm ladling it. Water sound effects of the Columbia River. Ooh, that egg crack sound effect from making Pondam Muerto with Baker Dan. It's one of my all-time favorites. And speaking of Baker Dan, I love the sound we captured of opening a fresh can of Guinness just to dump in one of his Irish soda breads. Baker Dan's the best. Don't forget Coco. Oh, who could forget Coco the correspondent? In fact, she's getting into baking too. They deserve their own segment, don't you think? Indeed. <sighs> Tequero Baker Dan. <laughs> oh, wait, should I respond to you, Tequero Baker Dan? Sounds like Dan's got a fan. Look like that. (laughs) Yes, I think I should. One of the best things about baking bread, as we all know, is the smell. You walk into a room, your home, a bakery. I don't know what that feeling is. You get this smell. And this bread has a very specific smell. And I don't know if everybody else thinks it smells like what I think. So I want you to step up and give it a good whiff while it's still warm. Can I ask a quick question? Why do people sift flour? Well, I think it gives you a more accurate idea of how much flour you're actually using. You don't have clumps. I have some information about that too. By sifting, you're getting rid of any weevils that would be in your flour. What's a weevil? Bugs or worms. Traditionally in America, we work off measurements of cups and teaspoons, tablespoons. But a lot of the European recipes and actually around the world, they work off of metric weight. It's a more accurate way to get the correct amount. My wife actually introduced that into my baking. Note to our listener, Dan's wife is from Germany. She is. She's from southern Germany, a city called Augsburg, and her name is Eva. Hey, Eva. And now, back by popular demand, Peace Love and Soup's very own Coco the Correspondent. Take it away, Coco. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Soup, bringing you a significant, a sug, bringing you a significant soup eat month. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> that's a hard. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. I know. Yeah. Bringing you a significant, significant. Yes. Bringing you a significant soup each month, along with culture, cooking, and conversation. 
audio nourishment for your brain and mind. Oh, for the heart and mind. What are you going to be for Halloween? I'm going to be an alicorn. What's an alicorn? So a pegasus is a horse with wings. A unicorn is a horse with a horn and magical powers. And so them together equals an alicorn. So it's a unicorn with wings. Whoa. And magical powers. Okay, and then I I have to ask too, do you have a favorite soup? Well, um, can a stew count? Sure. My mom uh, makes a special stew, and it's pretty much... It doesn't sound good, but it tastes amazing. It's pretty much some vinegar, a lot of ketchup, noodles, vegetables, and um, some meat. And what does she call this concoction? Well, I just call it Grammy Special Stew. Hmm, Grammy Special Soup. Didn't your mom say she loved your grandmother's fruit soup? Is that what wassail is? I don't think so. But good job getting us back on track with the soup. Of course. And wasn't that always the case we found ourselves in each month? We'd get so wrapped up in the conversational part of the interview that we forgot to even talk about the soup. Usually our guest would be the one to remind us to talk about the soup. Here are some of our guests' favorite soup in no particular order. Spoiler alert. Don't listen on an empty stomach because this one is going to make you hungry. Noted. Soup was a thing, and mom's soup was like a fruit soup. Ooh, that was so good because it was such a different tasting thing. But it had tapioca in it and citrus things, oranges, stuff like that. As you know, our podcast is called Peace, Love, and Soup. And so we have to ask you, what is your favorite soup? Mulligatani is a favorite. I think the kind we eat here is what the English brought back from when they had colonized India. Uh, Christmas gumbo. It's a Cajun tradition uh, involving shrimp, uh, some rice, vegetables, and, and really, really spicy sausage. I like red lentil soup. It's kind of beige color, thick. I make this uh, bacon and corn chowder, and I blend in artichoke hearts. And when the soup is done, I put the soup inside the rest of the artichoke, and it cooks it from the inside out. Onion soup with the bread and the cheese melted on top. Oh, mm. like French onion soup? Mm. Mm. Have you had that? I love onions, no, oh. but oh. I think I love onions and garlic. I love just eating them straight no matter what. Udon, tofu, green tea noodles, and amame. Seaweed, miso paste, scallions, and some tofu, and boom, you got a basic miso soup. Vegetable soup, specialty, navy bean soup, tofu noodle soup. We got chili, chili always with the cornbread. That's chili with TVP. Yeah, we're a serious soup family. Mafi, will you tell us what your favorite soup is? I love soup. When you would have those giant cans of lentil soup, and like on their own, they would taste terrible. But then you just added all sorts of like crazy stuff to it and turned into these intense gourmet meals. Well, I make a zucchini soup that is really delicious. And it has zucchini, onions, garlic, carrots, and you just cook that all up in like a chicken broth, and then you puree it, and you will add to that beat up eggs and Parmesan cheese. Delicious. It is delicious. As kids, we used to call it garbage soup, and we didn't like it. So we called it, oh, oh my God, it's time for garbage soup, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, my name is Matthew, and I'm a big fan of soup. Always have been, always will be. 
Mrs. Grass's chicken soup, which has the golden egg. Oh. And a distinct version from Scotland. Are you ready for it? Mm Mm-hmm. Cockaleaky soup. Cockaleaky <laughs> <laughs> soup. Yes, it is. It's a clear, thin broth of shredded chicken and leeks. I assumed that we were going to talk about soup at some point. <laughs> soup? Why would we talk about soup? Talk to me about soup. Do you like soup? <laughs> Be honest. Um, not my first choice of food. Probably not my second or third either. But, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll eat it if it's around. But if I do eat it, I have to have hot sauce in it because it usually doesn't cut it for me. I like pho, though. But pho's not like eating chicken noodle soup. No offense, your chicken noodle soup was good. Damn, I shouldn't have said that. This sounds totally disgusting. Celery root soup. And it was exceptional. The most delicious. And so unexpected because I'm not a soup person at all. It never occurred to me to drink my calories, except for wine. Wine. Wine Wine is soup. Let's get some Pinot Noir soup. Oh, yeah. I think Robin will really love this wassail. Of course she will, because we added red wine to our bowls. (laughs) In fact, dear listener, you can spike up your individual wassail bowl as you see fit. You could put in brandy or wine or whatnot Mm -hmm. and still leave the big pot non-alcoholic for others. This recipe will be on our blog and Facebook page, along with all the beautiful photos. So a big cheers to us all. Brian, do you think we drink too much on the show? Well, tis the season. No, I mean all year long. No, prove it. Well, as they say, the proof is in the pudding. So bring us some figgy pudding. So bring us some figgy pudding. Now bring us some figgy pudding and bring it right here. I'm glad I missed this plane because now I can get drunk. Some canteen near the airport where wildflower waits on every stinking table. But I get stuck with Jorge, so pour me a tequila, Jorge. Tonight I'll drink it straight. You see, I walk to this motel, cause I'm too cheap to take a cab. Found a canteen underneath the overpass. And I'm not calling Amy ever in my life, or at least until the bottom of this glass. Well, one of the fun surprises that we have for mothers out there is we're going to add wine to our recipe. We just have a bottle of some Chardonnay, and we decided we're going to add a couple of cups. Then we've got some of the bottle that you and I can still drink while we're cooking. You could put alcohol in this, champagne or... Dandelion wine and... Lime, salt. Vodka and the gazpacho. Bloody Mary. Oh my gosh. Peace, love, and soup after dark. You could even make this recipe outside if you just ran an extension cord. (laughs) Oh, I have a story. Years and years ago, I was traveling in Mexico with a friend of mine, and we were far away from power of any sort. So we just actually clipped the little plug into the wall off of the blender and wired the bare wires directly to the battery of the car. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we wanted to make frozen margaritas. <laughs> Can you taste the wine, sweetie? No, I can't. Maybe we need to dump some more in. Today we made it magically delicious by adding my favorite, a can of Guinness. That's fantastic. <laughs> Irish are um, offended by the association to a drunken Irishman. I actually revel in it. <laughs> I'm right there with you, brother. Cheers. 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 What's your favorite adult Irish beverage? Adult beverage? 
Jameson. Do you have any jokes? I don't, but I have a song that I sang to a hundred-year-old nun. I'm going to need to hear that. Yes. Yes. My backup plan was to go into the nunnery, and then I found out that they don't want you if you're over 40. The old priests would say, I don't know about these young gals. They want to give their bodies to men and their bones to God. (laughs) (laughs) I can see an old priest telling you that. And yeah, it ruined my whole idea for a backup plan. God forbid something happened to my husband. Are you all ready? We're ready now. Thanks, Dad. All right. Oh, there were fighters and writers and Irish dynamiters. There was bitchin', whiskey, wine, and cake. There were men in fine positions. There were Irish politicians, and they all turned out for Sister Margaret's date. <laughs> Can you hook him up with Dion? <laughs> Would you, you want to sing backup? Dion, if he needs an old Irishman to sing backup. Uh, oh, my goodness. Well, top of the morning to ya, and a fine day tis, me friend. That's the greeting you'll hear every time of the year on the island of Ireland. Top of the morning to ya. Have a happy, magical day. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Brian. Happy birthday to you. Love, Aunt Ethel and Alice. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, my sweet granddaughter. Hey, have a nice birthday, sweetie. I'll tell you that again. Starts with an S and it ends with a T. It comes out of you and it comes out of me. I know what you're thinking, but don't call it that. Be scientific and call it scat. Scat. Memories of childhood and ticks. Peas for two and two for peas and me for you and you for me. And then we'll see how happy we will be together. Oh my God, we're also going to go into recording soundtracks for Peace, Love, and Soup. You'll never find peace of mind till you listen to your heart. I think you have been keeping things <laughs> from us, Brian. You should be sharing more of your talents with us on a regular basis. Well, you know, just keep listening, people. <laughs> and I'm not calling Amy ever in my life. can kiss my gringo ass we really did have a lot of fun what i love though is when we would hit on those wonderfully inspirational moments simply by having a conversation with people be it mothers or friends or even brothers i just 100 percent agree with you listen and be inspired what does the word mothering mean to you it means love and raising your kids so that they're happy and they're themselves so that they can grow up and have a happy life. You have to invest time in your children. Mm-hmm. You do. And it pays off in the end. You know, But it doesn't mean you have to be with them all the time. You need to love them. You need to talk with them. You have to have fun with them. Can you be mothered by other people? Have you been mothered by other people? Oh, God, yes, absolutely. Um, yes, I have. 
and I liked being mothered by people. I didn't like being smothered, though. I like being mothered, but not smothered. The village takes care of the kids. I have an amazing sisterhood of friends who really look out for me and take care of me. We've shared with each other how I'm like your gay husband, but sometimes you are like such a supportive mother to me, and I really, really appreciate it, and, and a friend at the same time. That is so beautiful. I can't believe you said that, Brian. You're my mother. Oh, <laughs> you guys. We mother each other. It's a wonderful thing being able to mother and let yourself be mothered by other people. And I think just having that vulnerability, too, to allow that and also to recognize that. Any advice for other adoptive mothers? I guess just trust yourself. I have a friend that's going to go through Fost Adopt. And I just said, know that you can reach out to people because they really do care. I think people want to know your stories. You know, yeah, you can have a child, you can find the person you love, you can get your, your home, and those things are amazing, but I think travel is right there. I honestly think it's the most humbling thing in the world. You know, I don't think I'd be who I am without the things that I've seen. You know, I've had relationships abroad, I've lived in so many countries, and prayed with different people, seen different things, ate so much food, and that's I feel like that's like what I live for. That is what I would encourage young people, whatever dream you have, just go for it. Don't be afraid, even if you're not accepted or your family doesn't accept it. Don't let anyone stop you in any sense. Work hard and believe in it and make it happen. Muchas gracias por escuchar y estar con Paz, Amor y Sopa. Peace, love, and soup. That was so beautiful and worth repeating. And I, being a mother, particularly love those interviews we did with Molly and Wintry, Matt and Josh about children and nature. We really did learn so much valuable information, and straight from the heart, too. Being a mother and an educator, how do you inspire the next generation to really care about the earth and to want to be sustainable? I think kids already have an empathy for the natural world. We just have conversations about it and foster those conversations. It's just concepts that you dialogue with the kids so that they can experience that and be thinking about it as they go through life. Every time we have kids and adults who find that passion and connection with what's going on around them in the natural world, noticing plants and animals, you build a relationship and that creates an awareness for the environment and they're going to be impassioned to share and conserve and protect and ask what I can do to protect the space that has meant so much to me. I have two baby daughters and just really looking forward to teaching them our way of life. We call it Kulchan and that means we only take what we need. It definitely speaks of how our people lived for hundreds of thousands of years as a nation. We took care of the land, and in return, the land really took care of us. The gifts are naturally there. Everything from the natural waters, the trees that stand tall, that provide the fresh air. Enjoy it, respect it, and be thankful that you have the beautiful land. Westwind is a 529-acre camp and environmental retreat center. 
We are in the middle of the Cascade Head Biosphere Reserve. We host over 5,000 people a year at summer camp, outdoor school, retreats, workshops, promoting the idea of living sustainably with nature and having life-changing experiences in the outdoors. We're built and focused on enjoying a wonderful meal and being warm inside for a moment and then getting out and be smiling and happy at the end of it. It's always a fun time and it's just one big family here for all of us in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks again. Peace Village uses what you call four tenants to teach the power of peace. Could you elaborate on them? When we find that sense of calm centeredness within ourselves, we can go out into the world. We like to say we give kids a tool belt of things they can actually go out and use. So in mindfulness, we find that, right? We practice through some meditation, yoga, all different kinds of ways to just slow down and reconnect with yourself. Conflict resolution teaches specific communication skills, listening, talking about needs and wants, in connection to nature. When we spend time outside, we feel more peaceful. And then we added media literacy. We teach about social media and using it for good. What would be the most profound thing that you have experienced being a part of Peace Village yourself? So the Lincoln City Camp, the oldest groups, the 12 and 13 year olds, go off on an overnight and do a rites of passage. Then the next day is the graduation and all the parents come. And this year, one of the 12 year old girls stood up and read this poem that she had written during the night and shared it with everyone. And it was, everyone was in tears. She got it. She was talking about, we're going to wish on the stars tonight. And one of those wishes will be for world peace. Mm -hmm. And I just had this moment of, really? That's what we all want. Maybe we feel disempowered or we don't know how to do it. And it was just such a great reminder that we can learn the skills and we can do it within our own community. And if enough of us do it, Mm -hmm. it's gonna happen. So many good clips. It's hard to narrow it down for this year-end review. As much as you'd like to, you just can't put everything into it. Wait, now, are you talking about the wassail or the show? Well, both, really. (laughs) I mean, obviously, some months we would just get so excited and we would record way too much. (laughs) Here's one of my favorite outtakes from an interview with musician Hiroya Skamoto. We're discussing his song, Takibi, which means bonfire in Japanese. and playing these songs night after night, are you still inspired by them? Because to watch you, it seems like you're playing them new each time. I try to be into music, and I think about the time I compose a song when I'm playing. Takibi means bonfire in Japanese, and I wrote this piece in a village where my grandparents are from. Making fire was sort of traditional, especially in the rural part of Japan. And when I was a kid, I often visited my grandparents' house and they usually had fires and sometimes they asked me to watch the fires and that kind of thing. And I have a very good memory of those days and even though I live here in the States, uh, which is far from the place, even though my grandparents passed away, when I think of that moment, I still felt connected. And about five years ago, I came back to this village and I brought my guitar with me and I wrote this piece in the village and I named this as uh, Bonfire in Japanese. It's a powerful thing a bonfire is. 
there's always something so visual about it, but it, it sort of transcends things that you can see and hear. It touches another part yes. of you. I think here in the States too, right? When you think about campfire, you recall your childhood and that kind of thing. I do, and then it makes yeah. me forward think too to the summer and camping trips I'll take with my family. Right. It's always a special moment too because when you're around the fire, mm -hmm. you know, you're not trying to multitask usually and right. you don't have technology with you. You're just really there with yourself and nature yeah. and the people you're with. Yeah, and just watching fire is some, something, right? Yes. And last year I had a festival in the mountain in Maine and we camped and it was fun. My daughter loves music naturally. In Japan, do you play music around the fire? Often here we'll do that when we're camping. Uh, not that much. Hmm. I hear more. Maybe you want to start doing that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, do I have a campfire story for you. Tell me. In days of old, on Twelfth Night, Villagers would wassail from orchard to orchard, drinking and singing to wake the apple trees and ask them for a good harvest the next autumn. Really? A wassail king and queen would lead the tune, and the queen, or, get this, the youngest boy known as the Tom Tit, what? would be lifted into the branches to hang sops, which are toasts soaked in wassail straight from the communal bowl, and they would offer that as a gift to the birds who were the good spirits of the trees. Cool. And sometimes... People would even pour a bit of the wassail on the ground to show off the fruits grown from the past year. I love learning about the history of our soups. And I think I actually dated a Mr. Tom Tit before. <laughs> I definitely dated a tit or two. Oh, we have something more in common. Did he go by Tommy or Thomas? <laughs> he went by TT. Brian, did you know that when we say, let's make a toast, it refers to the toast that you float on the wassail and the well wishes for the future. And the word soup has the same origin as the word sop. I did not know that. But speaking of Did You Know, joining us this month on a special edition of our monthly segment, we've assembled a few friends to share with us the holidays they celebrate during the fall and winter seasons. And today with so many of us having multicultural households and not all practices being of a religious nature, a family mm. may even celebrate two, three, or more of these, some at the same time. It's a big, beautiful, culturally mixed world out there. Let's sop up some peace, love, and happy holidays soup. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Soup with Brian Delaney and Tabe Fashe Drake. Did you know that Kwanzaa is a seven-day celebration of African heritage and culture? It was created in 1966 by Dr. Maulana Karenga, a professor of Africana Studies at Cal State Long Beach. After the Watts riots in Los Angeles, Karenga was searching for a way to unite the African-American community. The name Kwanzaa comes from the Swahili phrase Machunda ya Kwanzaa, which means first fruits of the harvest. Kwanzaa begins December 26th and ends January 1st. On each of the seven nights, friends and family gather and light one of the candles on the Kanara, then discuss one of the seven principles of Kwanzaa. Unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and last, but certainly not least, earth. People also celebrate Kwanzaa with feasts, music, poetry, and dancing. Happy Kwanzaa! Ramadan is the most sacred month of the year for Muslims when Allah is said 
to have revealed the first verse of the old Islamic book, the Quran, to the Prophet Muhammad. Ramadan occurs in the ninth month of the Islamic calendar, which rotates backwards 10 days each year. So, this holy month may occur in any season. Ramadan is a very important month in Islam, during which Muslims abstain themselves from bad behaviors. They do so in order to be able to give up bad habits even after Ramadan. During Ramadan, Muslims don't eat or drink from dawn to the sunset. The main is to experience the daily life of poor people who don't have food or water. During Ramadan, people come closer because it is a month of forgiveness and togetherness. Did you know the Chinese New Year is based on the lunar calendar starting on the new moon and ending on the full moon 15 days later? The holiday's date changes each year, but typically falling between mid-January and mid to late February. At this time, people honor their ancestors and deities by cleaning and decorating their homes with red paper cutouts and lanterns. Fireworks, dragons, and a parade of lanterns marked the last night when friends and family gathered together to eat dumplings, which are thought to bring good fortune in the new year. Gong Hei Fat Choi. Do you know the Hebrew word Hanukkah means dedication? The holiday is named for Jerusalem's holy temple rededication after the Maccabees overthrew the Greco-Syrians in order to reclaim their own culture and religious beliefs. Hanukkah, the Jewish festival of lights, is an eight-day celebration which one candle is lit each night on a special candelabra called a menorah. It commemorates the miracle that night long ago when there was only enough oil for a lamp to be lit for one day. But Jewish people believe that God kept it going for eight days as the temple was rededicated. Today, children play games including spin the dreidel to win guilt, delicious gold chocolate coins. They also eat delicious latkes, potato pancakes cooked in oil to pay homage to the miracle of Hanukkah. Did you know that in Germany on December 6th they celebrate St. Nicholas Day? St. Nicholas was a kind bishop loved by all who died on this date. He was well known for his gift giving and working with the poor. On the evening of December 5th, children in Germany put a boot called a Nikolausstiefe outside their front door. Overnight, St. Nicholas, checking his golden book for each child's record, fills boots with gifts and sweets if the child was good. But if they were not, he places a stick, or in German, eine Rute, in their boots instead. And in Austria, Bavaria, and Eastern Europe, St. Nicholas is accompanied by Krampus, represented as a demonic beast-like creature with roots in Germanic folklore. Krampus is thought to punish children during the Yule season who had misbehaved and to capture particularly naughty ones in his sack and carry them away to his lair. December 5th is Krampus night or Krampusnacht. Traditionally, young men dress up as the Krampus during the first week of December and roam the streets frightening children with rusty chains and bells. Did you know Christmas is a religious and cultural holiday celebrated by billions of people around the world? For Christians, it marks the birth of Jesus Christ and is preceded by the season of Advent which is a period of waiting and getting ready for Jesus' birth. 
The Advent wreath, with one new candle lit each week, reminds Christians of the light of hope Jesus had brought to the world at his birth. Although the exact date Jesus was born is unknown, Christmas is celebrated in most of the world on December 25th. Over time, Christmas has evolved from a solely religious holiday to becoming a secular celebration. It is the night children believe Santa Claus brings gifts to nice children and coal to the naughty ones. It is a time for friends and family to gather together to feast and exchange gifts. Every culture that celebrates Christmas has special foods of the season, from the southern Italian meal of seven fishes on Christmas Eve to the Swedish smorgasbord on Christmas Day. Other traditions include caroling, decorating homes with lights, Christmas trees, stockings by the fireplace, and mistletoe. Did you know that Lucia means light? December 13 is the shortest day of the year in the Julian calendar. In St. Lucy or Santa Lucia Day, with girls wearing crowns of green leaves studded with lit candles in the Scandinavian's homes. During this pitch black winter night, girls wake before dawn and deliver seven buns and coffee to their family members. In school and towns, girls dress in white robes with red satches. Reese liked walking in procession scene. Boys follow behind handing out peppernut or fifernus cookies, while an edge court carries a bucket of water to put out any possible fires. In Sweden, a St. Lucis bride is chosen and given a trip to the island of Sicily, where Lucia was from. In Italy, a large judressing feast is prepared of homemade pasta and other Italian dishes, including a special dessert of wheat and hot chocolate milk. Did you know that Diwali, originating in Nepal and India, is also called the Festival of the New England Patriots? It is a five-day celebration of the triumph of Tom Brady over the NFL and Bill Belichick over Roger Goodell. During the festivities, houses, stores, and other public places are all decorated with dias, small clay statues of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Hindu people celebrate by cleaning their homes and adorning them with new Patriots jerseys and putting Super Bowl patches on these jerseys. They leave the windows and doors open so that Troy Brown, the god of everything, can enter. Diwali celebrants dress up in brand new Patriots gear, exchange gifts of sweets and dried fruit, drink beer, and watch football. Winter solstice is the longest night of the year. The lighting of bonfires invites the sun to return in what was once the ancient Druidic holiday called Yule, or sometimes Yuletide. It has its origins in the Germanic and Nordic peoples of what is now Scandinavia, and slowly filtered to England, the British Isles, and elsewhere, including the Pacific Northwest. This pagan holiday gave us the Yule Log. It is commonly celebrated with food and drink, potlucks, handmade gifts, and decorations and ceremonies that honor nature. Some people treat it as a 12-day celebration beginning on December 21st, the day of winter solstice. Um, in my background, where we have indigenous and Afro as, as well as Germanic, there's a big to-do about waiting for the sun to rise, knowing that from this point forward, things are going to get a little bit lighter and that all the work and the effort of making it through the dark of night, whatever that means to you, and it's about reflection and reclaiming and remembering that you are somebody and your culture is somebody and being joyful about that. 
<laughs> After we've been recording for a while, we'd start drawing a blank or else mm -hmm. the opposite would happen. And then we would ramble and it turns into some hilarious moment. Some of them we leave in the show and some we don't. But to make it simple, we're just going to call them all bloopers. Hey, how about super bloopers? Oh. I'm so funny. Yeah, you is. All right, well, here we are. Hi, Tave. Hi, Brian. Hi. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we got that down. Oh, you're not on. It's all right. Cut. I love when you tease me. Alex, I'll take tomatoes for 200. <laughs> I'm trying not to slurp since I'm being recorded. Uh, oh, we're so cutting that out. Sorry, it has oh to be part of the rublers. Okay. You're always burping. Oh, I can feel it. Yeah, it's just stinging all around. You do have insurance. I do have insurance. So if something drastically goes wrong, Tave, it's in my wallet. Called it four pots on the burner. I have to have four pots on the burner at all times. <laughs> I didn't tell you go four guys. I was the tricky triangle. I told you you had to date three men at a time because you get too attached if you're just one the or pots. two. Well, I interpreted it as it's four, four pots and one of them can be boiling, mm -hmm. but the rest of them have to be on simmer. Mm -hmm. That is very and fascinating. That was good advice. Yeah, it worked out great. I wonder if I should share that with my teenage daughter. Oh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Wait, so Antonio Banderas, you never told me about that. You being in the army, never told me about that. You are a man of mystery, my friend. So you were in the army and moonlighting <laughs> as a hairdresser, and that's how you got your start in hairdressing. Was there any tomato throwing in the army? No, than I recall. Was there any hiding of the cucumbers? Right, Antonio. <laughs> get sexual. <laughs> This is probably what people want to hear in 2018. Maybe. This is Baker Dan signing off. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, simple is delicious. Nope. Remember, good doesn't need to be difficult. Nope. <laughs> this recipe is simple. And remember, good doesn't need to be hard. Baker Dan is so sweet. How about the roll? <laughs> We're talking about food here, Tommy. Get a grip. The peace, love, and soup with Brian Delaney and Tave Fashe Drake. No way did I have court. In Andalusia, there's a tavern where they bottle all your sorrows. Wind the clock back to the golden age. I'll meet you there tomorrow. Brewed with algebra and alchemy, the Moors drink the sad libation. And then sweat out strophic poetry Made from the teary potion And we'll smash the distillation Of your tears against the wall And the fountains of Cordoba Will overflow with gold I, 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 I love it whenever we're having a long night of editing or a tough day in the recording studio and all you need to do is pull out one of your accents and the worries and frustrations just melt away. Please, sir, I want some more. No, no. It's impossible. Sugar peas, which the French call manche too, for their consumed pot and all, were introduced to France from Holland in the late 1500s. Très bien. San Morejo loves to dress up and ham it up on the dance floor. <laughs> San, San Morejo. Excuse me. Tave corrects my French and my Spanish. <laughs> Maybe. Bueno. Oh, yeah, bueno. Ole. Ole. Capsaicin is the active ingredient in pepper spray. <laughs>
Variations of it are used to deter pests such as deer, bears, insects, and attacking dogs. And it goes without saying, human muggers. My Siri is actually an Aussie male. Wait, what, what, Pasa? He's an Aussie male. Who is? My Siri. You're on who? my phone. Oh, your Siri. I know, I've switched oh. it to the Cockney. And now I'm going to get to see you in your leprechaun suit. Oh, but your Irish brogue is so spot on. I never went to Ireland. I took a dialect class in college. Actually, my Irish one wasn't the best of all the ones I learned either. <laughs> either Pork sausage and ham thinly sliced. Onions, taters and barley enticed. It's called coddle, no troubling. The cook's up in Dublin. They'll serve up this dish lightly spiced. Oh, goody. Cheers to your ears. Thank you for listening to Peace, Love and Soup with Tove Foshi Drake and Brian Joseph Patrick Delaney. It's been so long since you've done your accents. I guess it is. I miss them. Jolly good cup of wassail. What do you think? I wasn't sure at first. I taste flavor. <laughs> now I think wassail may be my new favorite soup. Evidently, during our tasting segments, we tended to have some go-to descriptors. Yours being flavor and mine being a hesitancy towards some soup at first, but then changing my opinion to them becoming my new favorite thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> this next segment describes exactly what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Heaven. I know. Now, once we tricked it up, it's so tasty. Wonderful. And it, and it doesn't make it taste too earthy, either. Probably adds a little bit of flavor, like in a subtle mm-hmm. way. I was hesitant at first with the turnip. I feel a, a mental reaction. Based on flavor. And I think mm-hmm. that's really something true to any sort of traditional cooking. Well, in full disclosure, audience, um, I'm not a big seaweed lover. Like, I love sushi. But I have to be honest, I did take a little taste of this. And I'm kind of looking forward to the soup. Definitely complex flavors mm-hmm. with the apple taste from the sorrel. And then just that sort of buttery, bitter taste mm-hmm. of these things. What are these called again? The miner's lettuce. Not only is this my new favorite soup, which I feel like I say every month, but Miner's Lettuce, I think, is my new favorite green. Mmm. Mmm. Really a treat. And I like having the mushrooms that were in there before to add that flavor, but then the fresh ones thrown on top as a garnish add another nice little texture to it. There's like another level of flavor. Levels of flavor. This is one of my favorite soups now. I think I'm going to have to go home and make it again and again and again. And I will just add the spicy theater going on in my tongue. It starts at the tip and then it spreads its way to the back. I liked watching you draw shapes in the air with the spoon when you're trying to think of how to describe it. What can I say to that? (laughs) I want to say that this is a bowl of love and it's clearly been infused into the soup as well. It never gets old. I know. Never. Damn it. <laughs> I just spilled on my shirt. It's going on over there. How do you de-wassel a shirt? How much wine did you spike this with? I'll never tell. If we had made those t-shirts, you could just change into another one right now, and then you'd get this month's quote along with it. Here is an audio catalog of our winter, spring, summer, fall 2017 collections. Welcome, Welcome to, to Peace, Peace, Love, and Soup. If you think you can't cook, you can still cook soup. Good doesn't need to be hard. I eat grass.
smothered, not smothered. Que spacho, it's for you. You can't hurt yourself too much with too much garlic. Good job, us. And kindness, go. go. Love, light, and bubbles. What is in your soil? <laughs> I peace, love, and soup you. <gasps> That's going to be this month's oh. t-shirt. really going to want to purchase last year's ideas? That's the whole beauty of the podcast world. Time is all relative, depending on when our audience finds us. Perhaps this best of season one will encourage new listeners to start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. I'm truly amazed you were able to speak that line without <laughs> busting into song. Well, full disclosure, it was very hard to do. Wait, <gasps> what time is it? We've got to drink up our wassail and say our goodbyes. I've got to pick up my daughter at the airport. Tonight? Yes, tonight, Brian. Oh, she'll be fine. No, we're going away on holiday. Oh, you sound so European. Do an accent, please, Tavi, please. Oh, you cute little bald man. I'll do more accents in the next season. We do not have time for any more of those silly things on this show today. Wow. I've never heard your Russian. <laughs> Natasha, you're full of surprises. <laughs> oh, Boris, you're a flatterer. for listening to Peace, Love, and Soup. We often leave you with a quote to ponder, but during this season that, though joyful, can be stressful and emotionally overwhelming at times. We'd like to thank that kind stranger who shared this aptly worded mantra for us to meditate on. Breathe in with your nose. Smell the soup. Breathe out with your mouth. Cool the soup. You try, Tave. Smell the soup. It smells delicious. <laughs> cool the soup. It's working. I feel so relaxed that I feel a song coming on. <laughs> and besides, wassling is simply not complete unless it is accompanied with song. May your celebrations be filled with joyous song and light, and your new year be filled with peace, love, and, and soup. See you next year. Until then, I peace, love, and soup you, Tave Fashe Drake. I peace, love, and soup you too, Brian Joseph Patrick Delaney. Aww. They're closing the restaurant where we'll sleep. Who'll make the tea for the transmitting club? They're closing the restaurant. What will the rats eat? They've lived in this neighborhood for years. Thank you again, Eric Stern, for your wonderfully imaginative songs. You can find him and his music at ericsternevents.com. That's E-R-I-C-S-T-E-R-N events.com. I blink, I'm alone. If you want more information, please go to kboo.fm forward slash peace, love, and soup. And you can also like us on Facebook. Easy, just peace, love, and soup on Facebook. And of course, photos, photos, photos can be found on both sites. That's why I love your podcast, because it just needs the inspiration, then I can roll it out. I tell people about it, and they're like, soup, and I go, no, 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 you don't understand, it's so much more. And it's so emotional, like there are definitely times when we just both get very moved. Let's just keep the memories. Mucho gusto, Portland, Oregon. In a locket that stays. So you say that your podcast goes on for 17 hours? <laughs> Chill out, man.